is up guys we are back but we are changing things up a bit from here on out we were no longer known as madman pondo presents from the mouths of madness unfortunately madman is just a busy guy and keeping up with this thing just uh wasn't uh too easy for him for his schedule but we wanted to keep going and uh bringing you the content we've been bringing you so uh we decided to uh, bring a good friend of ours, Germ T. Ripper, on into the crew to uh, not replace Pondo because he's re- irreplaceable, but to help uh, round us out. So, uh, welcome to uh, welcome to the team, Germ. Well, thank you, sir. I appreciate I appreciate you having me aboard. Uh, this is very exciting, very exciting indeed. Uh, <laughs> glad to be here. Uh, if anybody's wondering, the my middle initial T stands for the. If you if you've already figured that out, you're pretty smart. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't. Uh, <laughs> uh, this is actually. Um, I'm not gonna uh, say you're is... not smart because I just met you and you seem like a very nice young lady. I don't want to say you're not smart. <laughs> this is gonna be Go interesting because Germ and I know each other, but Kelly and Germ have never met. No, no. Nope. Other than the chat, uh, a little bit here or there. Nope. I have Nice to meet you, Germ. Nice to meet you as well, <laughs> Kelly. I have We're also doing... met Germ, so <laughs> yeah, Kelly's Kelly's the odd lady out in this one. Mm. It's fine. Uh, how odd is she? Pretty fucking uh, odd. You learn that real goddamn fast. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, better. Odd duck. I'm telling you, you'll learn yeah. real fucking quick. Kelly's an odd duck. It gets uh, weird. <laughs> uh, she's one of the boys. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like that. But, uh, what uh what kind of uh, horror are you into? Uh, like what's what tickles your boat? What's what do you normally gravitate towards? I like everything. I'm uh, <laughs> like literally big budget, little budget, no budget, independent, cerebral horror, slasher, everything demonic, possession. The only thing that I normally don't care for, and sometimes I do care for it, but normally I don't, is uh like found footage films. Okay. I like them sometimes. I used to feel the same way, but lately, I don't know, man. I, I fell down a hole recently, and there's they're not that bad. Uh, like, which which one have you watched recently that you liked? Uh, dash cam. Dash okay. cam was a pretty good one. I, uh, I will second. Dash cam is awesome. It has the most unlikable yes. um, main yes. character you will ever see in a movie. Like you will hate this woman to the fucking core, but what they do in this movie is pretty fucking crazy. They just put it up goes on what? fucking a wall at the end. Okay, I like that. Is and it's short. Like, it's uh, like it's like eighty. It's like seventy-five minutes actually. Like it's real short. Perfect. Long movies are dumb. Um, no, but with a name like Dash Cam, it makes me think of that movie Spree that came out not too long ago. I watched Spree. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, is there anything like that or no? Um, no. Uh, 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 the. I don't think I finished it, Spree. In a way that um, Spree is told from like an Uber driver, yes. Um, that's the only similarity, but this one has more to do with like demons and possession and shit. Oh, okay, shit. Where Spree was like a serial killer shit, you know? Yeah, yeah. okay. Oh, I gotta check that out. Yeah, I'm not I'm not a huge uh, fan footage person just because um, I wasn't a fan of uh, Blair Witch, and I'm definitely not a fan of paranormal activity. 
Oof, I yeah, I, I I can agree with that as uh, much. The first one was all right. Okay. Uh, for what it was, you know. For what it was, sure. Yeah. Uh, paranormal Activity. <laughs> I waited in line around a corner to get into that movie because there was so much hype about it. I sit through it and nothing happens until the end. I'm just like, oh, this is uh, this is uh. Now let me ask you this, Jerm. Um, you said you didn't like the Blair Witch Project. Now, did you see it with? The backstory everyone had when it first came out, where everyone didn't, everyone thought it was real and all that. Did no. you see it under that, guys? Okay. Yeah, I did. I did. I, I thoroughly enjoy the Blair Witch. I still like the Blair Witch, actually. Okay. I don't know. The the way I saw it was it, it had just come out in theaters. It was under that mystique that this is real. Uh, my friend and I were out drinking 40s in the woods, <laughs> and then we went to the theater, right? And like the plan was to go back to the woods. And drink some more 40s afterwards, but neither of us, we didn't want to say why, but neither of us wanted to go back to the woods somehow that night. <laughs> Doesn't sound like a good idea. We just bro. weren't feeling up to it. So, uh, maybe not, the man. In the woods after the woods get us. So, I don't, I don't think actually, um, they revealed that it wasn't real to like six months to a year after it came out. Yeah, there was a lot of like, I. There was a documentary. I think it's on Tubi right now. Like I think I recently or Ethan had it on or whatever. But um, there was a documentary that they made like right after it that kind of like um, like followed up the whole hype of it. You know, it was like mm -hmm. a documentary on the wood. The what what were the woods called? I don't uh, remember. The Pine Barrens. But yeah, yeah, it was like a documentary on that area and the Blair Witch, and it was made to look all real. I don't know, and it did. It, it kind of made the hype like so much more. But like people believe that it was real, even though for it was, sure. like, yeah, playing for in sure. theaters is yeah the movie playing in a theater. I was a teenager in in the nineties, you know. <laughs> so like the, this is what I'm. I, I guess I guess under when you see it under that guise, it has a bit of a different effect on you. You know, it has to be like a suspension of disbelief. Yeah. Plus, it was like one of the like. The first popular found footage movie, you know, it's not the first found footage movie, but it was definitely like the the first big popular one. So that yeah. was like new at its time too. Because I I don't, I don't think like anybody even recognized films like Cannibal Holocaust as yeah. being a found footage film until like mm -hmm. it was that, yeah that, that terminology was put out into the universe found footage film. Yeah, absolutely. There was even a movie that came out right before Blair Witch that took place in the Pine Barrens about the Jersey Devil called, mm -hmm. um, fuck, I reviewed it like a couple episodes back. What the fuck was that called? But anyway, That's it was... your title? Fuck, I reviewed it a couple episodes back? Yeah, it's, it's a long-winded. It's a bit of a mouthful, and it didn't really fit well in the spine of the DVD. <laughs> but, you know, they went with it, and I give them points for that, for being courageous, you know, and Very just saying, oh, fuck it. Very meta. The Last Broadcast. That's what it was called. The Last Broadcast. You that can watch that familiar. on Tubi. Yeah. That does sound it, very familiar. But it's it's basically, you know, like guys go out in the woods. Uh they they have a public access show about spooky shit. Go out in the woods looking for the pine baron or looking for the Jersey Devil, and then they don't come back alive. And it's like this documentary crew trying to figure out what happened to them. And it's very similar to the Blair Witch. It came out right before the Blair Witch, but it got overshadowed by the Blair Witch. I just thought that was kind of interesting, you know. Now, if you would have just stopped at a bunch of guys going to the woods, I would have been way, I went totally on board right there. <laughs> it's not that kind of movie, Jim. <laughs> but hey, you know what? It could have happened out there. You never know what happens with dudes alone in the woods, you know. That's why you love the woods, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. I love the woods. 
It's kind of wild. So, uh, uh, <laughs> you just hope to see guys doing each other in the woods. <laughs> show, okay. Hey, show. that's how I found my first porno mag was wandering around the woods as a kid, okay? I know, right? Like, how did that happen? And it was like the 80s or 90s where, like, you would just find random porn in alleyways in, in the woods. Or in, like, old sheds. Like, say you found, yeah. like, you're, like, you're traveling around the woods and you find, like, an old shed. There's always a drawer with some fucking old-ass porn in it, you know? How did that happen? It was like magic. <laughs> it was like a magical time in the world where porn just appeared. So and I grew up in the country, too, like... Who's sitting in this fucking little cabin in the middle of a field jerking it to some like somebody that can't sit at home and jerk it, Kelly? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they, they had to they had to get their little it's probably their, another their... kid that fucking snuck them yeah. out there. Like, they found their dad's porno. They they were like, where can I go be alone and do my business? Go out to the just find this shed, go glaze something, leave the evidence behind. Don't want to get caught with that after the deed is done. <laughs> and then you ended up stumbling upon the leavings. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> the <laughs> <his toes>. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, Kelly, if you remember, this is not the first time we've talked on, on pod about how a lot of men's uh first experience with porno is finding magazines in the woods. That's true. That's true. We have had this conversation before. Jerm, <laughs> 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 did you did you fall under this too? Did, was your first experience of porno the woods? I don't, I want to say it wasn't, um, you know, I, I'm uh, much more, uh, no, I, I shouldn't say much more. I am yeah, 99.9% .9 more into guys. Uh, so that doesn't mean you didn't find porn in the woods. Right. But I'd be like, I don't want to look at that. I understand. <laughs> but did you ah. find porn in the woods? Ah. If I found porn that wasn't to my liking, I would still found porn. I remember finding beer in the woods, and beer I still drank it because it wasn't open. Nice. Yeah, it, it was like warm though. It was piss warm, warm woods beer. Well, I grew up in New Hampshire, so okay. it, was, it was it was cold there all the time. All there right. You go. <laughs> it was cold no matter what. That was probably a kid that was stashing his beer too because he couldn't take it home. Right. No, but I remember looking at my my brother's uh, hustlers because they were the only ones that like showed both men and women together. And that yeah. at the time I would look at be able to look at schlongs. because uh, <laughs> they would be there. You just and block out the girl like ah, look at that. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's why I'm a little bi because I always looked at straight porn growing up. Uh, when you were turned on, there were still boobs there. Right. I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, look at the boobies. Look at them. And then even better is like you know every once in a great while they would have normal looking guys you know, with fat guts and hairy chests. Now that oh, that's what got me going. <laughs> Real man. Them's the ones. Yeah. Them's the ones. Yeah. He he likes the dad bods. Yeah. Or granddad bods, even. Oof. Granddad bods. You like yeah. you like a geriatric and round. Yeah, keep me away from the nursing home because I'm gonna get a gum job. <laughs> keep the dentures out, Gramps. Yeah. <laughs> Lay your head over the bed. Lay your head over the mattress. I'll do all the work. <laughs> oh shit! Well, well, to change gears on that. <laughs> well, that, that <laughs> um. So earlier in the week, uh, I got to go see Claudio Simonelli and Goblin uh, perform the Suspiria soundtrack. Uh, that was pretty fun. Uh, it was at, like a really weird old vintage theater. And um, Claudio would dress like I would 
describe a um an aging gay magician a lot of sparkles um you know like big big wide uh he had a lot of sass going on in that keyboard i'll tell you what it was really funny because like he looked like he should have been playing like 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 uh calliope music or whatever um calliope calliope music we had like the piano and the horns yeah yeah but uh, like in the background, there's all this Dario Argento shit going on, and he's like smiling in a big sparkly vest. It was quite hilarious. And oh. the staff of this place couldn't have been more confused because they had no idea who he is. The place is <laughs> sold out. The crowd is weird. You know, like it goes from old guys that are bald on top of ponytails to like kids in battle vests to like book nerds, <laughs> and they're all just like coexisting. And then out comes this really weird band where like the drummer's like 22 the bass player's like 32 the guitar player's like 40 and then the key player keyboard player is like 60 so like them not them being together shouldn't make sense on paper and then they start playing this really weird instrumental keyboard music with extremely violent shit going on behind it it was it was pretty odd to watch them react to it but i had a great fucking time uh it was definitely worth checking out hell yeah yeah, I, no. I'm, I'm kind of jealous that you. Yeah, me too. I really to wanted to go to that. I've always you wanted invited, to go see them. Um, the closest I've seen to something similar was uh, when John Carpenter was traveling with a live band. That'd be dope. I saw that the first time he came around. It was one of the greatest uh, live music experiences I've seen. Hell yeah. Uh, extra for the VIP, you know, the meet and greet shit. And uh, he was very pleasant to his fans, which was not what I'd heard beforehand. Yeah, yeah, that was amazing. He's, he's known as being a bit of a gruff fellow. Yes, indeed. Carpenter. Uh, yeah. 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 Um, and then another thing, another uh, concert, another show I went to that was kind of similar in tone was I saw uh, composer uh, Fabio Frizzi do okay. uh, uh, the music to different um, uh, Lucio Fulci films, uh, specifically uh, The Beyond. Which was that was really intense too, but I've never seen Goblin, so it was cool. Uh, Goblin did they did the whole soundtrack to Suspiria, so they played the, you know, they played the film and they were kind of like just underneath it, they didn't have a lot of light on them. It was kind of weird though, because you could tell they were super over it because there's only three songs in that soundtrack, there's oh, just wow. like three variations, and you could tell like they'd just sit down, they'd sit down on chairs and just wait for their time to come and they'd play their thing and they'd sit back down and. They had monitors. You can tell they're just like, ah. And then uh, they, after that, they took the monitors away and they played um, all the themes from Dawn of the Dead. They played um, the theme from the card player for some reason. Like anyone gave a shit about that movie. (laughs) Um, They played some songs from Tenebrae, which was cool. They did play the Halloween theme because it was the day after Halloween. So they they hit some Carpenter there. That was cool to see. Uh, And then they played a couple originals, which were, you know, whatever. (laughs) <laughs> it was a cool, what you're there for, but it's all right. Yeah, it was a cool night. Um, met some met some real fun people. Um, like a lot of like minded folks. Talk some horror. It was cool. Hell yeah! No, I didn't do a lot exciting this week. On Halloween, I did the pass out candy thing, and me and my pug uh, were Pennywise and Georgie. <laughs> the pug That's was awesome. yeah. I, I'll have Peapod throw up a picture of at least the pug, but I don't oh know. no, you got to throw up the Pennywise too. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, I'll, I'll peepod throw up a picture, but it, it was good. Other than that, that was that was my Halloween. But did you keep track of how many trick or treaters you got? No, I wish I would have. I got a shit ton, and I ran out of candy. So she lives in a good neighborhood for it. I do, I do not. I do. I do not get trick or treaters because I live on a really creepy road. There's only two other two other houses on it, and I'm the only one that lives on this road. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, for living in Chicago, I live in a nicer neighborhood. So like, kids come from all over the city. And we got 515 trick or treaters. Wow. We stopped candy for like a month ahead of time because. Yeah, man, I was. I had a shit ton of candy. I was stocking up for like a good month every time I went to the store, but I ran out early too. Like, I wish I would have counted, but there was a lot. Yeah. For sure. Uh, we, we learned our first year. We ran out our first year living here. We lived here about seven years now. We had, I think, like seven of those huge bags from Costco and then two boxes of full candy bars. So, like, if somebody had a special good costume, they got a full candy bar. You hit them with a full boy? Yeah. Let them know. So, see, that's, that's good shit. Right? That's good and shit. Treat. You said happy Halloween. You said thank you. You, give, yeah, you, yeah. you hit the one kid with the full candy bar, then you look at the other one, give him a fun size, like try harder next year. I did. Try harder next I literally year. did. <laughs> and one kid be like, well, what about that? I'm like, you got enough. Go to the next But class. listen, I don't know what this bullshit you put together here is, but it ain't full size worthy. Right. <laughs> I had two kids come up and sing the whole trick or treat smell my feet song. I gave them extra candy. I was like, all right, you get, ex- you get extras for that. <laughs> They were all excited. Yeah, I would <laughs> totally I, hook them up for that. When I ran out of candy, I had like a cut. There were still kids coming, like, and I was like, "All right, I gotta shut down soon." So I just grabbed some cans of pop, and then the one kid like runs from my house, like with the can of pop in the air, like, "I got pop!" And I'm like, "No, kid, no!" <laughs> you know? About to shut it down. <laughs> shut it down. <laughs> He's announced to the whole neighborhood. It's like that Johnsonsville Bratz commercial. <laughs> Yeah, it's funny. Uh, oh, with, with, oh, um, we're from the Midwest. We call soda pop. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know if you knew that out in Chicago. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, it's the same thing. But I grew up in New Hampshire, like I was saying before. So I still call it soda. But, yeah. Okay. You know, I'll, I'll say soda pop. You know, I'll, I'll use both. You know, I don't want anybody to get offended. Us Midwesterners in our Midwest slang. Yes. I'm sure. I'm sure the uh, the uh, the listeners uh, get kind of confused by it though. Like, what the fuck is he talking about? Pop. <laughs> That's yeah. just what we call it out here, though. You guys have a. Do we have a lot of listeners? We do. We we, we started. We started getting. They're getting there. We're getting more. We do all right. We do all right Fan for what we do. Building. Okay. Yeah. We enjoy uh, it. They enjoy us. We got a good thing. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a great. I'm a great hype man. So I'm excited about this. Hell yeah. We're gonna have to get you a big clock. We'll give you the fucking flavor flavored you. I gotta get us a new logo. <laughs> that you anyway. can do. And then I, yeah. I can I can sing the theme song. Uh. My tambourine. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I got a fish baracker on here. I got a fish baracker on here somewhere. We could get like a whole mariachi thing going on. Oh, yeah, I think I have a washboard too. Though. The short period of time that I was uh, I got some spoons. I was doing I was uh doing uh, a wrestling personality for independent wrestling uh i did i would come to the ring with a tambourine so i i definitely have my tambourine ready <laughs> i love it yes. well, what have we been watching this week guys uh, well oh uh, you want to start i don't know who's going first why don't you go first kelly you want me to go first yeah what, have, right, you been, um, what, what have you been watching me all right 
Um, Are you week, Kelly? I am Kelly. <laughs> no, yes. <laughs> All right. Uh, this week I stumbled across a new one on Amazon Prime. Uh, Run, sweetheart, run. This one was a fucking hoot, man. It was in very fast pace. It's about this girl. She's, you know, got a new job in a lawyer's office. She's trying to move up. Uh, her boss can't make it. She's like a secretary or something. Her boss can't make it to um, this dinner that she apparently double booked. And instead of losing the client, she goes and meets the guy for the dinner. Well, her and this dude, like, really fucking hit it off. Like, they're really getting into each other and shit. She goes back to his house after the dinner date. And then she just instantly, like, you hear a bunch of commotion. She just runs out, like, bleeding. And just, like, keeps fucking running. The whole rest of this movie is a fucking chase. It's all, like, a really fast-paced chase. And I don't want to go too into detail without... um. Oh, <laughs> I didn't want to go too into detail without like, because there is, it turns into something that, you know, you don't really see coming. It's great. I don't know. The way it's done, it's it's gory. It's funny. It's uh, super fast paced. Like, and the way like um, it's directed, they, sh- shit will get intense and like, it'll just say run across the screen. Uh, uh, <laughs> so I can't talk today. It'll say run across the screen, and like that's when you know. She don't worry, Kelly. You don't really it. have to be able to talk to do a podcast. Oh man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Without going into too much detail on this one, it's super fun. I highly recommend it. Um, the end. I don't know. The end was a little. You make your judgment of that. I I enjoy this. I'd give this three stars. You know. That <laughs> out of five. Three out of five, yeah. Three out of five, all right. Yeah, three right. out of five. Are you on? Are you on Letterbox? I am. Okay. I I am, but I haven't used it that much yet. I'm kind of starting to. I use it constantly, so if anything I've watched will get logged on Letterbox, you can add me at the Suplexorcist. Nice. I think I, I'm. I, I am the. I'm the nerd that I I when I start watching the movie, I put it at three stars, and it will go up or down as I watch the movie. That's <laughs> so not a bad idea. And then that is the final score. <laughs> I need to start like writing shit down and like rating them right after I watch them. Cause then I get a little like, Oh yeah, I forgot about that fucking part. But this one's good, dude. I, I highly recommend run sweetheart run. It was better than I expected it to be. It turns into something that you didn't really see coming. It's funny. It's fast. It's. I, I, like- I, I did the, uh, the early rating on letterbox today when I watched the weird Al movie, like there was a, there's a pool party scene. That had the uh, um, Pee Wee Herman, Tiny Tim, Divine, uh, Frank Zappa, uh, Wolf Mad Jack, oh, yeah. uh, <laughs> all these fucking people. And by the time it was done, I was so in tears. Lab, I was like, I don't care if they don't even land the boat with this thing. It's four fucking stars right now. <laughs> I really need to watch that movie. I've always been. I, I think every nerd has been a fan of Weird Al. So, oh, yeah. well, it's not. Uh, they do it very straight faced, but it's not an actual biopic. It's right, it's right, a parody yeah. of a biopic. Oh, right. it's so good. But you know, a, a music artist who built his career on creating parodies of pop songs. If he'd done like a, a literal biopic, I think that would have been uh, much more of a failure than a, a yeah, yeah, of a biopic by a guy who does parodies is genius. Yeah. Well, they they also, the humor is very abundant, but they play it straight-faced, which makes it even funnier. And Rain Wilson as Dr. Demento was fan-fucking-tastic. The polka Um, party. (laughs) The polka party. Oh, 
we got off topic on horror because it's because I'll just say this: go watch fucking weird the El Yankovic story. It's goddamn entertaining. It's the Roku channel. Well, Daniel Radcliffe has done so many amazing things, you know, in the past few years. He just went off the charts with like uh, Guns Akimbo and shit like that. It's just Swiss, Swiss Army, Army man. man. Swiss Army <laughs> man. Oh, yeah, horns. Uh, yeah. I, I wasn't a huge fan of horns because, you know, when you ever try to shove a novel into a 90 minute movie, it's not going to be as well. Yeah. But, yeah. you know, uh, I respected other- it for what it was. You know, yeah. like it was definitely a big swing for Harry Potter to do. Sure. And like, I think that was the, like the first thing he did coming out of that. Yeah. But, you know, everything he's been doing has been either really weird or really controversial. And I, I, I like it. love that about him. Yeah. Yeah. I dig it. Yeah. Go from, you know, little i'm harry potter too i've got guns stapled to my hands and i'm gonna just gonna shoot everybody that movie rocked i'm recording a dead body across the water (laughs) or writing a fart across the land (laughs) so the first movie i'm gonna talk about um this one i uh it was odd for me um it's called wounds it stars the cannibal uh army hammer um 2019 i watched it on hulu this one, like, the setup was really cool and a lot of cool shit happened, but I noticed it's getting a lot of flack on Letterboxd, and I think it's because the ending is so fucking abrupt and unsatisfying. So, like, the setup is um, Army's a bartender in Louisiana. He's, like, he's a bartender in the French Quarter at this shitty bar called Rosie's. And a fight breaks out in his bar. He ends up having to kick all the people out, and after the fight, he finds a phone on the ground and he just, you know, sticks it in his pocket. He's like, you know, customer lost it. They come back for it. I'll give it to him. Goes home, ends up finding all this crazy shit on this phone where these teenagers had like dabbled with the occult. And there's all this like violent shit on the phone. Like there's this decapitated head that they got talking and all this shit. The cockroaches are a constant theme in this thing. It gets pretty creepy Army does a good job at acting, even though we'll never see him in a movie again because, you know, he's a fucking weirdo and likes to eat people. Um, <laughs> supposedly. <laughs> um, Allegedly. Ale- well, uh, he's, he's a scummy dude. I watched that whole series about him. But anyway, um, I, can, I can separate the person from art, you know? The art from the artist. Yes. Yes. Um, it, was, it was good. It felt like it was really getting going and then it ends. And it ends at the most intense scene in the movie. Like it like something crazy's happening and then boom, credits. And I think that's what really pisses people off. And that and it doesn't really spoon feed you the story at all. It gives you like a bunch of puzzle pieces. It's like, here, figure it the fuck out. Um, so in that vein, I can see why a lot of people hate it. Um the ending did bug me. I was not satisfied by the ending but up to the ending i thought it was a good movie so i'd give this thing like two and a half out of five excuse me i would definitely um i definitely will see if people will either love it or hate it um i thought had they kept going another 15 minutes it probably could have really stuck the landing but the way they ended it was really fucking weird um it goes into some like lovecraftian body horror stuff um i don't know I, it's not for everybody, but it's worth a watch, just a, a, a tepid watch. So that was Wounds on Hulu. I've almost watched that a couple times. What you got, Jerm? 
Everything you said, though, just checked a whole bunch of boxes for me. I'm like, Lovecraftian doesn't explain things. I love that. You know, I like go that. into it. Like, like you it, might like it, when it but I'm saying. Enough. When a film treats its audience with, like, oh, yeah, you're smart. You can figure this out on your own. We don't have to freaking uh, fight club you over the head with the, you know, tell, explain the whole thing out to you. Uh, I like that. I like, you know, mm. having to go a week or a couple of weeks being like, what exactly did that mean? You know, yeah. was it a metaphor? Was that, is that really what the filmmaker was trying to say? Or is there some sort of deeper meaning? I love that. You know, if you were thinking about a movie after you watched it, that means there's something. Yeah. I'm still yeah. thinking about it. And, and I would like you to watch it, Jerb, and maybe give your opinion on it next time we talk. Cause um, like I said, I didn't hate it and it was creepy and it was really building and going somewhere, but where the end comes, it really like, like brick walls. Yeah. You. you know what I'm saying? All right. And like, right when something intense is going on, but, but you might like it. I I've seen people that have loved it. And then other people are like half star. So it's definitely not a half star movie. It's shot really well. It's acted really well, except for the girl that plays his girlfriend. I, I think she was in a fucking like Robitussin coma through this whole fucking movie. Cause she just, every delivery is like, like he breaks up with her and she just goes, okay. Well, do you want me to be upset? You're breaking up with me. And like, that's like the whole tone of it. And it's like, show some fucking emotion, do something like that. She's like that the whole movie. I can relate for a short period of time. My, uh, my doctor had me on citalopram for my uh, anxiety and uh, the citalopram makes you like that, that, that exactly. Oh, wow. Oh, well, yeah. okay. It's very, I'll just shrug it off. No big deal. I don't yeah. know that anymore though, because it did uh, cause physical pain throughout my body. <laughs> That's no good. Uh, yeah, now I'm on sertraline, which is much better. <laughs> Escapram uh, here. Huh? Escapram here. Oh, okay. I don't know that one. Very exciting. It's generic Lexapro. Okay. Um, I'm going to talk about another movie that came out in 2019. Uh, we're going to keep a 2019 theme going here. Uh, okay. My dog's barking. I'm going to shut the door real quick. So yeah, 2019, uh, a no-budget film. Uh, I found it on Tubi. Um, I love Tubi. Uh, yeah, it's amazing what you can find on there. There's some yeah. really Tubi's weird obscure shit that I found on there that I later bought on Blu-ray, which was harder to find. Uh, but this one uh, is called Girls Just Want to Have Blood. Okay. <laughs> Okay. Uh, yeah, and I want to say that the original title I would have actually liked better. It was called, uh, I think, Blood Sucking Teenage Bimbos. And I was like... Oh, That's much better. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I like both titles, but the original is better. Um, Almost it, has a trauma vibe. It, yeah, it yeah. It did, but... Title uh, it for sure. It was just like, it encapsulated a lot of things I liked from, you know, 60s and 70s exploitation. So, like, there's a girl gang, which, you know, brought to mind uh, Russ Myers films, uh, yeah. you know, like Faster Pussycat, Kill Kill. Um, but the girl gang is all vampires. So, okay. you know, that turns into, like, gory, over-the-top, ridiculous gore really quick, which, you know, made me think of Herschel Gordon Lewis's films. Um, and then, but the uh, acting was very stiff, 
is very kind of like um, campy. So that made me think of John Waters' uh, Female Trouble. So John Waters, Crystal Gordon Lewis, Russ Myers. I was like, I love this crap. Yeah. You know, I didn't go into it expecting to like it. I'd seen uh, one of the people I follow on Twitter post a clip and it was actually like, a show that they're watching in the movie, but you know, it's like a porno that they're trying to learn how to kill female vampires by. And it made me laugh so hard that I had to watch the movie. They're learning how to fight vampires by porn. Yes. Fantastic. Uh, yeah. It's amazing. Uh, yeah. I can't recommend, I, I recommend girls just want to have blood so much. If you just want, you know, cotton candy, you know, nothing, nothing to really think about just a fun, stupid movie to watch. It's great. Yeah, it sounds great. Uh, you said you watched it on Tubi? Yeah, it was on Tubi. Um, and I actually found the director on Twitter because I was I started ranting and raving about how great it was. And he's like, oh, well, thank you. <laughs> you nice. me to Ask if he wants to come on sometime. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Sure. Yeah. Do that. I uh, I love uh, I love doing things like that. I used to go to all the film festivals and stuff in Chicago, and like the Cinepocalypse one was uh, my favorite because I'd meet all the uh, producers and directors and writers, and it was more about networking than actually enjoying the movie. But I was still a little fanboy, being like, "Can you take a picture with me?" Because you know there'd be like uh, when the the Wolfman has nards. Yeah, but you're you're like that with everybody, though. I really am, legitimately, with my friends. Hey, what? Yeah. With me? Yeah. So. Yeah. What, what would you give it out of five stars? Oh, uh, four and a half. Four and a half. All right. All right. Yeah. To me, definitely check that out. If a movie, if a movie uh, is fun, that's more important to me than like it being like an, an excellent film like citizen king yeah that's the greatest movie ever made sure but is it fun not sure really. my favorite movie is frank and hooker so you're in I good am. company oh i mean I the burbs head and lauder is a genius yeah uh i've reached out to him a couple times to get on the show yeah he's a hot piece mm -hmm. uh, i met him once uh, you want to crack open head and lauder is that what you're saying I would totally. You want to crack that ass open like a head of cabbage? Yeah, I bet you like it's <laughs> kind of cottage cheesy, and I, I'm okay with that. Because he's probably in like the 60s or 70s by now, and you know, he has a right oh, to have Jesus. cottage. Right to have <laughs> he's, a probably, he's probably about late 60s. Yeah. yeah. You know. All right. His butt might behind, but it'd still be a good, good time. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> There is no Jesus Christ here. <laughs> Only the Hand and Lauder's a hole. <laughs> uh, On that note, I am going to go into my next movie. <laughs> but uh, my next movie is on Netflix. It's 2021, a classic horror story. I have almost watched this a couple times, but like I said earlier in the, the dumbass chat, name. Like, yeah, I don't know. Like the the cover just kind of looked cheesier than what it was. I enjoyed this one. It was pretty fun. Um and the name makes sense after you watch it. Uh it basically follows these kids. There's um they're taking like a ride share sort of ride through uh, up to Italy. They're all going different places. The movie starts out the guy that's giving the ride uh 
Oh, I forgot his name, but he's kind of like Bill. filming all the kids like on his phone, like, hey, what's your name? Where are you from? And he he's kind of acting like he's saying it's for his social media or whatever. And then he goes and tells him that he's a filmmaker and he likes to make like horror films and stuff like that. So, you know, as they're driving, uh, he, he's got a fridge in the back and he's like, hey, crack, are you guys thirsty? And like they all start getting drunk in the back. Um, the one girl gets sick and they pull over. One of the other kids that was drinking in the back, he's like, I'm driving now. So, like, he's driving, drunk driving, obviously runs off the road, and uh, they all wake up like, that dude's injured as fuck. They're far as fuck from a road. They can't find a road anywhere. So, uh, they, why are you laughing at me? (laughs) That dude's injured as fuck. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, go on. I am laughing at you. Go on. Shit coming out of his leg. I mean, this got this got pretty decent gore, and um, they stumble across this like cabin and shit. Um, as the like night goes on, it seems like they wake up out of the blue. Like it seems like they don't remember falling asleep and shit, and then just wake up and there's like these weird cult people surrounding the house and these red light like picking them off one by one and murdering them. I don't want to go too much into detail after this. <laughs> I mean, it it does. It takes a it takes a turn. Uh, this movie's got g- good gore. the The name actually makes sense. It's very satirical, and uh, like okay. in a way, like there's cliche, like satanic panic or something. A lot of like cliche kills, like shit that you've definitely seen in other horror movies. But that also makes sense for the ending. And I, I I can't go into too much more without giving shit away, but it was good, man. I'd give this one like a three and a half. I thought it was more fun. And I'm like um, surprised I didn't watch it sooner. Like I put it off because it did look really cheesy. The name's cheesy. And I don't know. It all makes sense for why it's like that. Like they did a good job at doing it. It's kind of, oh, like a satire of like your classic horror movies. And it's, it's like Cabin in the Woods was? In a way, not really, though. They do it different. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I don't know. Check it out. It's on Netflix. 2021, a classic horror story. I didn't hate this one at all. It's in Italian? Is it in Spanish? It is Italian, yep. Yeah. Um, but it's uh, it's dubbed. Oh, it's dubbed? Okay. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't the mind. Girls are speaking. It's definitely dubbed. I'd rather read it, usually. Yeah. Right. A lot of times you get lost and like a little bit lost in the story because they try to to line up the dub with the lips as opposed to convey all the information, you know? Yeah. The, I wouldn't uh, mind some Godzilla dubbing. I looked up the director and the writers, uh, Roberto De Feo and Paolo Stripoli. It seems like they're like relatively new to film. So I've never like their lists on IMDb were really short. I'm just. Both of them seem like they've only done maybe one to two movies, but it was good. I liked it. I'd like to see more from them. Very cool. Yeah. You done? Yeah. yeah, I think I think so. All right. So earlier in the week, Kelly and I had a movie night. Um, we watched one of the movies we watched was Alone in the Dark, 1982. Sorry, Jack Palance, uh, Donald Pleasance, Martin Landau, Lynn Shay. Um, I had never seen this one. We both kind of went in blind. This movie was pretty bonkers. Um, it was a little all over the place. Uh, uh, it's basically geriatric old crazy men trying to murder people that break out of an insane asylum. 
So yeah. you you get Jack Palance yeah. and Martin Landau playing crazy, and it's fantastic. Like Jack Palance playing crazy was great, and then Martin Landau thinks he's this uh, preacher, and uh, he likes to burn down churches with people in it and stab people with knives. <laughs> and the then movie... you got Donald. Oh, I'm sorry. Go yeah, and then you got. I know where you're going to go with this. You got Donald Pleasance, and he's basically <laughs> playing the prequel to Doctor Loomis. Yeah, for sure. Like he's a psychiatrist. He uh, like the same. He's basically Doctor Loomis, man. He, he's a psychiatrist <laughs> that works with crazy people at in an insane asylum. And when they when one or when they escape, you know, he's one of the guys that comes after them. Like yeah. it's it's, it's Doctor Loomis. And nobody's Loomis believing him. Again. Just like Michael Myers is like, oh, it's fine. How you know? <laughs> but he's not Loomis. He's Leo. Yeah, Doctor Leo. Like so every- this. Everything you said about this film, I feel like I've seen it, but I don't think I've ever seen it. It, it seems very... It <laughs> you seems would like remember I, if you've seen this one. Okay. It feels like I should have seen it, but I don't think I have. Um, it also, oddly enough, has a killer in a hockey mask pre-Friday um, Thirteen Three, which uh, was interesting. Only by, like, a small amount of time. But there's... Uh, so there's four escaped uh, mental patients... Um, you have a fat child molester. You have Martin Landau, who thinks he's a preacher that likes to burn down churches and stab people. And then you got Jack Palance, who, what was his thing? He was like the leader, and he liked to shoot people with crossbows and guns. And then there was yeah. another guy yeah. that was called the Bleeder, and he didn't like people seeing his face. <laughs> so he would wear a hockey mask. Uh, but he was called the Bleeder because why he killed people, he'd get nosebleeds. Which will come into play later, but basically it's like a stock and slash with all these old geriatric men and this fat pedophile uh, in this house. Why the power is out? It's but it's it's a really weird movie. It's pretty fucking entertaining. They just added to the shutter. Um, I'd recommend it. The ending is hilarious. The way that they fucking ended this movie was so fucking batshit bonkers. Uh, like. I looked at Kelly, I was just like, what the fuck? Did they really just end it like that? <laughs> uh, so I'd get a sing like uh, three. It was a lot of fun. Um, like half the time it was just like crazy, crazy old guys in a van cruising around town killing people. And it was pretty fun. So yeah, definitely recommend Alone in the yeah. Dark. Yeah, I'd give it Shutter. a three too. I, I think I agree with the three. It, it's definitely entertaining, you know? Guys totally worth it. With your stars. Give those stars away. <laughs> the thing is, is I don't go above four unless it's like a unless it makes you come. Yeah, like it, it, I think <laughs> Empty Man was probably the last one I went for. No, I don't remember. You know what? A lot of my oh no ratings, no no vicious fun vicious fun. Some of my ratings I give out, I might like say one thing now and then think more about it later and be like, no, no, I'm giving it this, you know, and like rate it. I don't know. <laughs> That's like me. I readjust my score on. Yeah. Yeah. On the fly. Yeah. Uh, okay. What do you got, Jerm? Uh, once again, on Tubi, once again, 2019, a film called Thirst. Lots of movies called Thirst about vampires, but. Uh, this one is from Iceland, I believe, and it's about a gay vampire, uh, and uh, it's got great gore, amazing gore, all practical effects, of course, uh, a lot of penises getting ripped off, which I always find hilarious, 
Uh, Terrifier 2 had that. Uh, well, <sighs> can we not mention yeah. that? There was what I seen on <laughs> Shudder, too. So that... boring. I mean, I liked the gore and the violence in Terrifier 2, but I mean, come on, the the magic sword and the little sidekick girl, come on. I will say I love Terrifier 2, but they could have they could have cut off like almost an hour of that movie and it would have been the same movie. Would have been a lot better because I love the first one. Anyway, go on. Yes. Gay vampire bringing people's bloods through their penis. And then this woman, uh, she's an addict, I think heroin addict, um, like defends him from two thugs that are trying to uh, steal his money. And so then he decides that she's his new best friend. And um, she's uh, upset that her brother's dead. So he brings the brother back to life. It's, you know, very funny, and since it's from Iceland, it's got closed captionings, but, like, if you said you don't mind that, it's, uh, I I think, uh, I didn't I didn't know that it was a foreign film when I first saw, you know, Gay Vampire with lots of gore. I was just like, I'm in. I'm in. I gotta check that out. Uh, yeah. So, um, I don't want to ruin anything more about it, but it's a, it's a lot of fun to watch. Um, highly enjoyable, and uh, you know, I always appreciate queer characters in horror films where they're not like always like flamboyant or getting killed off right away or whatever yeah. the case may be. Uh, so having one, or it's actually, not like a gimmick, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. it's definitely a gimmick in this, but you know, he's not wearing like pink and sequins, and he's a fucking vampire who rips off dicks, and it's 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 great. It's great. Hell yeah. So definitely highly recommend. Uh, three and a half. I'll go with three and a half. Why not? I'll be a little with my stars on this one. I'll pull it back. <laughs> uh, three and a half. Watch Thirst on Tubi. All right. It's you, Kelly. Oh, it's me already? All right. Um, This one was a newer one, and I was kind of waiting for it. I was more excited for it than it was a little bit of a letdown, but it, it wasn't bad. This one is 2022 Monstrous, that new Christina Ricci movie. Ricci movie. It's on Showtime right now. Uh, directed by Chris Silvers- Silverton. S- Silvert's son. <laughs> Silvert's son. <laughs> he wow. also did um, All Cheerleaders Die. And that, that one that had Lindsay Lohan in it years ago. It was like, I know, you, I know who killed me. I know who killed me, yeah. Yeah, yeah, he directed those. Um, this one's basically Christina Ricci and her mom, or is a mom, I'm sorry, is a mom, and her and her son are moving to California, which uh, seems like she's getting away from like an abusive old relationship. She's definitely running from something. Uh, her and her son find this new house, this beautiful house out of lake to rent from this old couple. And, like, almost instantly when they move in, the kids start seeing shit. She's hearing sounds. You think the house is kind of haunted, and you keep seeing this, like, monster come from the thing. Uh, from the lake, the thing. I'm sorry. <laughs> For the lake behind the house. Um, it's it's okay. You kind of see where this is going really fast. Um, they advertise it as one thing, which it's, I mean, without giving it away, it's not that thing. You know? Like it's they definitely the old bait and switch little bait and switch here. It it was decent, but like I said, it was really predictable. 
it all takes place in like it looks like it takes place in the 1950s and it has a lot to do with like the storyline it was okay i'd rec i'd probably give it a two and i'm not just being stingy with my stars on this one i i would honest two and a half at most just because it was kind of a letdown it was beautifully filmed i've heard that but the predictability of it was just too like i i can see instantly where this is going you know Although it was decent. It's more of a psychological horror. But it was okay. Two and a half. It's worth a watch, but it, I mean, that's all I have to say. That's <laughs> 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 what I've heard about that movie is it's okay. Yeah, that's basically... That's all I've heard from everybody. Yeah, it's okay. I mean, you're, it's a movie. You yeah, automatically get one star from me just for Christina Ricci, but that's just me. Yeah, and it, it's pretty, you know, like they film it's filmed well. It's just meh. It's just a meh one, you know. All right. Um, so uh one of the other movies Kelly and I watched. Um I had already seen it before, but Kelly wanted to check it out. Uh yeah, this, this is, is a found footage movie. Yeah. Uh so it might not be up your alley there, uh Germ. But uh this is Deadstream 2022 by Joseph and Vanessa Winter. Um this uh, this one's a lot of fun. On paper, I should not like this movie. Like, I hate YouTubers. Like, I don't really watch a lot of that bullshit. I find them obnoxious, yada, yada, yada. So it's a YouTuber who's going to go, uh, he's disgraced, who's finally got monetized again, and he's going to go stay the night in this haunted house, stream the whole thing, and if he leaves, he doesn't get the money for the 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 stream. You know, like... He's got to lock yeah. himself in there. So he goes like great lengths to make sure he can't leave. He throws his spark plugs out of his car into the woods. We're he gets in there and pad locks himself in and then throws the key down the vent. Yeah, um, of course, will fuck him later. <laughs> oh, of <laughs> course, yeah. I mean, yeah. that's what it's setting up for. <laughs> Sorry. And, you know, he's streaming uh, much like dash cam. There's like a side chat the whole time or host. So you can kind of like see people roasting them or talking shit in the side. He's kind of interacting with those people. This is more of a horror comedy, um, but it does go like, for lack of a better description, a little evil dead in this fucking thing. You know, like it's not just like bumps and I shadows of the night. There's like actual monsters and ghouls in this shit, but it's like slapsticky in a Raimi way. It is like the one the one ghoul like like continuously keeps jamming her like old crusty finger up the dude's nose. And at one point, like her fingernail breaks off, and he finds it in his nose later and shit. Isn't um, that how she gets his soul out or something? Something no. like that. No, she's just being a dick. Oh, I, th I don't know. <laughs> For some reason, I thought that. But... <laughs> uh, there's some there's some good scary imagery in this thing. The monsters look cool. It's a very low budget movie, but it doesn't really like get affected by that. Um, I was willing to watch it again. I had already seen it once, but Kelly wanted to check it out, so I was like, "Yeah, sure, that was a fun movie. I'll check it out." So I've watched it twice now, um, and I enjoyed it. He also, they also made the last segment of the new uh, VHS 99, uh, okay. which was my favorite entry in the the whole thing. I like that. Um, not sure if you watched it, Germ, but the last one. Um, yeah, that's all right. Uh, but uh, yeah, this this one I I shouldn't like, but I kind of love the charm of it. It really like brings you in and you're supposed to kind of hate the main character, but still root for him a little bit. And the guy kind of did a good job because he was douchey, but you still oh, yeah. want to see him die. Yeah. So uh, I would give this thing three and a half. Uh, definitely worth checking out. I loved it. 
Yeah, it was, it was fun. fun. It definitely had like a drag me to hell, Evil Dead sort of energy to it, especially towards the end. You know, like don't Back expect it to be killing. that good. We're not comparing yeah. it to Raimi films because no, it's no. as good as a Raimi film, but it has a similar sense of humor. Yeah, and the way it handles similar. its monsters yeah. and its characters. You know, like it's it's playful and it's you can tone, see an you know? influence there, if anything. You know, but yeah, yeah. Well, to piggyback on the what you said about VHS uh, 99, um, my favorite uh, vignette was uh, Ozzy's Basement, which was uh, directed by Flying Lotus, which if you've seen, I think he's only done one feature length film. Which that's is- that's so- not the most recent one. No? Yeah, there's a new one. Oh, wait, no, yes, it was. Yes, it was. Never mind. You're right. You're right. You're right. Yes. Which one? Ozzy's ba- the the one that was set up like uh, uh, Nickelodeon guts. Yeah. Oh yeah, that was yes. okay. Okay. Yeah, that was yeah. the most recent one. Yeah. Yeah, that was my favorite one too. Bonus, and I just love how everything he does is like totally bonkers and off the wall. And if this you movie are, is nuts. You, you've seen Cuso then? Yes. I love. I, don't, I have not. I love it. It's so so bizarre. And I mean the the word the title of the film is Japanese for shit. So yeah. the, if you if you've watched it, a lot of the movie is about feces, and uh, but uh, just to see him back directing genre uh, cinema, doing that vignette, doing that segment in uh, VHS ninety nine made me really happy because while I was watching it, I was like, this seems very similar. It's so gross and so over the top, and, and I had to look it up, and I was like, that's that flying lotus. I want to see more from that guy. Um, so I was happy. I thought. In VHS, I thought a lot of the stories were pretty strong. Uh, the one that didn't land for me was the one about the female punk band. I thought that yeah, was yeah, that was eh. the weakest for me too. My favorite one was the buried alive one with the girls in the sorority in the uh, cemetery. How they yeah. buried the one girl and try like a hazing prank or whatever. Right. Yeah, I like that one. Yeah, that felt like like you know what you would see in a full length eighties horror film. Uh, yeah. Because there was always fraternities and sororities and mm-hmm. those films. And uh, yeah, that felt like something you would see uh, in one of those movies. So I like yeah. that too. Oh, uh, yeah. you're up to bed, Jim. Oh, uh, sure. Well, last night I rewatched uh, a movie that I feel like if you don't like this movie, we can't be friends. It is a Velocipaster. Uh, have you seen Velocipaster? I sure oh, have. God. It is brilliant. Uh, I had first seen it at the um, Windy City Horrorama Film Festival, and I, you don't know anything about any of the movies that are playing for this film festival. And so when it comes on, I was blown away. A you know, it's a pastor who gets cut by was it like a dinosaur talon or velociraptor mm-hmm. uh, talon and becomes you know, a pastor who is also a velociraptor. And, uh, <laughs> you know, but like the whole aesthetic of the film is like, we don't have any money and it's okay. You're going to still think this is great. And I did because it's hilarious and it's just so much fun. Uh, that, that all the movies I'm talking about, I guess tonight is just like, it's fun. And, uh, and you don't have to think about it too much. It's just uh, there to enjoy. But when I was posting about it, um, last night while I watched the film, uh, one of my friends was like, oh, uh, are you contributing to the Kickstarter for part two? I was like, what? There's going to be a part two? Very exciting. Uh, can't wait for that. That'll be a lot of fun. 
Uh, yeah, I mean, it was nice uh, when I used to write for Daily Grindhouse. Uh, I was a contributor for that web website, so I'd always have press passes to um, press passes to different film festivals, and I would get that very very pretentious. Uh, prestigious honor of saying, well, I saw that in the theater with the director, you know, a year before you got to see it on Netflix. And that was one of those films that I was just like, oh my God, you guys got to see this. Uh, but um, what was it? A couple months ago, I saw it on sale online for like $4.99 for the Blu-ray. And I'm like, I got to have this in my collection, you know? Absolutely. You'll find um, uh, your and I's uh, tastes align quite greatly. Um <laughs> I, I have a tendency to be um, attracted to the shittiest of the shitty in a fun way. Yeah. Like uh, the night I watched Velocipastor, I backed it up with Killer Sofa. I'm not sure if you've seen that one. I did. Yeah. Uh, it was a great back to back. Right. Oh, yeah. Um, I, I also, uh, I want to say it's called Mutant Apocalypse. I saw it at the same film festival. It's a Spanish film put out by Troma. Troma distributed it, but it did yeah. originally. They bought it and distributed it. Yeah. Um, yeah. I want to say it's called Mutant Apocalypse. Yeah. It's very similar in the style of, yeah, we don't have any money, but you're still going to love this movie. And it's completely bonkers. Um, have you seen Crabs with an exclamation point? I have not. That sounds great. You need to see Crabs with an exclamation point. <laughs> I've already covered it on a previous episode, but okay. uh, uh, it is Chris, you have beyond to say it right. Crabs! There you go. <laughs> um, I mean, this thing goes full Power Rangers kaiju by the end of it. It is oh, so fantastically oh, yeah. dumb. And they, they have this, uh, I looked into it. There's this foreign character. I think his name's Raji or something. And he was supposed to just be a bit player in this thing, but he was so funny and fun. They brought him in for the whole fucking movie. Okay. He makes the movie. So uh, crabs, crabs. Uh, check that out. Okay, cool. Is it an American film or is it? A yes. Okay. Yeah, it's brand new. Uh, and they're not like the crabs you typically think of, like the, the Dungeness with the spider legs or like the horseshoe yeah. style ones. So they're like with the long tails and shit. Oh, oh. shit. Like more like lobsters? N no, like the, the ones you see that look like a horseshoe with like a long spiny tail, almost like the tail of the pri or the uh, from like aliens. Is that streaming on somewhere? Um, I'll send you a link. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Say it like that. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna Google it now just to see Crabs! Crabs Crabs with an exclamation point. Yeah, the cover should just be a bunch of horseshoe crabs bloody on a beach. Uh, okay. Let's see. Uh you got anything else, Kelly, before we get to our main movie? Um I did watch one more. Um uh the twenty twenty two, it's a new one on Shutter. Sissy. It's about okay. this girl. She's a social media influencer. She, um, you know, she's kind of a loner. She's been through some shit as a child. That comes out later in the movie. But um, she's out in a grocery store. She runs into her ex-childhood best friend. And her best friend's getting married and wants her to take a weekend getaway and for her bachelorette party. Well, once she gets there, she realizes that her childhood bully uh, is there. And this basically comes kind of a revenge film it's fun it's pretty gory it's it's another like pretty fa fast paced one i i enjoyed this one um yeah the girl the girl when she's at the party 
or the bachelorette party, the girl kind of starts being a dick to her. She's like, why the fuck is this bitch here? And she has like a big uh, scar on her cheek. Apparently when she was a child, the girl, one girl, the main girl, Cecilia, the social media girl, uh, she kind of freaked out on the other girl and stabbed her in the face with a shovel as a child. And I it would be kind of hard to get over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the I rest might be a little fucking movie, annoyed if that happened to me. Kind of because a little bit of a revenge flick, and it's like, who's actually crazy here? Sort of, you know, I don't want to go into too too much detail. But I'd give this about a three and a half. It was fun. Three, three and a half. It's on Shutter, Sissy, 2022. Good to know. That's yeah. another one I've been meaning to check out. So, yeah. Uh, yeah that's good to know that. And uh, what, is it Run? What is it? Run? The one you run, sweetheart, oh, run, run, sweetheart, won't run. Yeah, that was fun. That was fun. I keep thinking, I keep thinking of the no budget uh, rape revenge film Run, Bitch, Run, which I, yeah. which I'm guessing is nothing like this movie. No, no, this takes a, this one takes more of a little <laughs> takes more of a supernatural turn. I, I didn't mention that about okay. Run, Bitch, Run. That's the most I'm saying. Yep. <laughs> But yeah, well, I'm gonna hit on something kind of lightly. I'm gonna Mm -hmm. hit on something kind of lightly, not do like a full review of it. But I have been really enjoying, and I showed Kelly a couple episodes, the Cabin of Curiosities, uh, Del Toro's new show on Netflix. Um, I've been watching that all day now. It is fantastic. Like, I utterly love this series. Um, what they did was Del Toro found what he thinks are the most cutting edge filmmakers out there right now doing horror, gave him a budget and let him do whatever the hell they wanted to do. It's very much like a um, um, night gallery, like a night gallery or like a, a Tales from the Crypt kind of thing. Yeah. Um, Del Toro does an intro to each one of them, um, kind of like Hitchcock. Yeah, he does. Got um, they gave like a. Uh, some of the standouts, like uh, Panos Casamatos got an episode, he, the, the guy that did Mandy and Beyond the Black Rainbow, and he fucking knocked that thing out the park. So good. And the girl who um, walks alone at night, I did watch that episode. I do fucking love it. That's my I knew you would love that one. Yeah. That's yeah. my favorite. That it's just like so dude. smart and like talks, it, just like the, um, the sort Commentary of course, Yeah. About yeah. like beauty standards and like fitting. I love it. And, yeah, I you're so smart, so well done, and I mean, almost I love, I love the girl. Uh, a girl walks alone at night because, to me at least, I didn't know that it wasn't shot in the Middle East when I first watched it, and it just felt like very revolutionary. Yeah, like a Middle Eastern female vampire riding a skateboard. I was like, this movie's amazing. Yeah, that movie's badass, man. Yeah. It is. You know, when I tell uh, people, like, it's a revolutionary. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, maybe absolutely. not so much. But, yeah, it just felt that way when I watched it originally. So, uh, yeah. You guys have all heard me gush endlessly about how much I like The Empty Man. They let him do one called The Autopsy, which I very much enjoyed. I showed it Kelly. Mm-hmm. That one was a def- different big swing, and they really knocked it out of the park in my eyes. The cast uh, was so good, too. Yes. The cast. Murray Abraham. Oh, yep. my God. Hell, Yeah. So uh, I'm not going to do a full review. There's no need to. All I'm going to say is this one, I'll give five stars. This is a five-star series. Yeah, uh-huh. I agree. Um, oh, yeah, absolutely. From what I've seen so far, and I'm not There are it. highs and lows. Mm-hmm. But when it shines, it really fucking shines. And even when it's at its lows, the lows are much higher than most shows get. 
I so, love anthology series like this. I love Tales from the Crypt, Tales from the Dark Side, you know, um, Creep Show. I love this shit. Like, these are some of my favorite things, you know? And you knew that. That's why you're like, Kelly, this is made for you. How have you not watched that yet? <laughs> I, like, I literally had to sit her ass down and be like, listen, this is made directly for you. Watch this shit. And the first one I showed her was the autopsy. Well, and I love yeah. that they got, uh, Del Toro got, like, directors that are making amazing cinema as mm -hmm. it is. You know what I mean? He An original like, cinema. Yeah. I, it wasn't like, um, it wasn't like Masters of Horror where it was like these really big name established horror uh, horror directors. Yeah, yeah. Cool. that series was great, but to have more cutting edge, more current, uh, more newer, yeah. yeah, was so smart. It was such a great uh, turn because, like, until I started like looking on IMDb, I'm like, who did this one? Who did that one? I'm yeah. like, holy shit, this is an all star filmmaking, like, right? Yeah, because even and like, not only that, uh, the, the the cast they get are top shot, uh, top shelf yeah. too. Yeah, I mean, all like well known character actors. I mean, it's a, it's the type of actors they're like, I know them from somewhere. Let me find out where. But at the same time, that's why I loved um, uh, the, the girl walks alone home at midnight episode. Mm -hmm. I, no, I can't think. Uh, of I believe it was called the outside. Outside, yeah, yeah, I think because so, I it think was. So what she was dealing with on the outside, not what was inside. Oh, look at you. Look at the big brain on Brad. <laughs> I look for, like, subtext in everything I watch, man. Same here. It's one of the things that drove Pondo nuts. He called my movies art films because I like stuff that's smart. Oof. Anyways. <laughs> um, uh, but, uh, yeah, no, I love that subtext about that film. And uh, But the cast, like, the two main leads were, like, they're big-name comedic actors. And when you mm -hmm. take actors and you put them in dramatic roles and yeah it makes it so much more powerful because you turn on the episode and you're like oh these guys are silly as fuck it's gonna be hilarious and then it's it's got a little bit of humor but it's way yeah. more yeah. it's way deeper i mean it reminded me of videodrome uh and the stuff it was like the stuff meets video yeah the, st the stuff's a good uh comparison because the stuff doesn't bonk you over the head with it, but it's there like right. heavily. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. I mean, yes. look, look, fucking Eric Andre shows up, you know, like, and you expect him to be yeah. pizza ball and uh, ranch bro. Yeah. You know, it's. And and, saw, yeah, when I saw Eric Andre, I was like, okay, this is going to be interesting. Like, And then Peter Weller that. shows up? Yeah. Oh fucking my God. Robocop? Yeah, it was so good. So good. Both, yeah, both I, my two favorite episodes, but the autopsy one's great too. Yeah, one I found a little disappointing was the murmuring. I didn't uh, see yeah. that one yet. It's the I've last one. Around. It's the last one. I think like it's disappointing to me just because when I saw the director was the same director she did the Babadook oh, and, okay. and the Nightingale, and I'm like, oh, I love both those movies. And I say the Nightingale yeah. was intense. Oh my god, I loved it. I but didn't see everything, that everything, everything, borrow it. everything in the murmuring was very predictable. And it's like, uh, this is, I expected something more, something. Crazy. I really enjoyed the first one, lot 36. Um, the actor they had as the main actor, I forget his name, but you know, he's played Buster Scruggs. He's in a lot of the Coen brother movies. Yeah. Um, and they, they made him a racist asshole and that's like usually the complete opposite of what he's played normally he's like a lovable dimwit 
Right. And like, he's like an alcoholic who owes a bunch of money and, you know, he's a scumbag. And that, I really liked that one. That one definitely had some left, a lot of Lovecraftian stuff. But mm-hmm. that being the first episode, I was like, all right, this show gets it. Like, this is going to be something cool because also, like, you know, I love Tales from the Crypt, but Tales from the Crypt felt like you were watching TV. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. the budget wise and set wise, it always felt like you were watching TV. This mm-hmm. felt like you're watching a movie. Oh, Even yeah. if it's not movie length, it felt like you were actually watching a movie. Mm-hmm. I, I thought it was interesting that each episode is listed on Letterboxd as yeah. like, a separate oh, thing. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah, I need to use that app more. Um, um, I use it all the time. And what's cool about Letterboxd is if you look a movie up that you want to see, it'll show you exactly where it's streaming. But also, if you start adding your friends, Mm-hmm. And they're watching stuff, and you don't know what to watch. You could look to see like what they what they gave this, this, and this, and it will give you an idea of what to watch. I love Letterbox. Yeah, um, I, and I did enjoy that a lot of the episodes were Lovecrafty in in nature because you know well, they did they did fucking uh, dreams in the witch house, right? I was yeah. so stoked. Like as soon as they that flashed across with the screen. Dreams of the Witch House. I was like, oh shit, this is going to be dope as fuck because I love that story. And then when they did it for um, the Masters of Horror That's episode, horror. like they sort of modernized it. And I was like, okay, I was kind of expecting something like that. And it was totally different, which was great. I love that, you know, there was two, now at least, there's two different major interpretations of that story. Um, well, you have your, your Stuart Gordon, you know, who is Mr. Lovecraft. You know, he did your Dagons, your Reanimators, your From Beyonds, Dreams of the Witch House. You know, like he he was the the HP Lovecraft guy. You yeah. know, and with him and Brian Usna. So it was cool to see a, somebody else's interpretation because you're not getting a lot of other people's interpretations right now. Like uh, Del Toro tried to take uh, at the Mountains of Madness. That there, there's a podcast I listen to called uh, Best Movies Never Made. And what they do is they bring guests on and they read the scripts and each person gets a role. And they did the one that that Del Toro had written for at the Mouse of Madness or at the Mountains of Madness. And it would have been so awesome. But I can also see why it didn't get made because he didn't pull any punches and it would have been really fucked up with mutant penguins and all kinds of shit everywhere. And it would have cost a lot of money and it would have been for a niche audience. So I get it. But it was awesome. Kind of like if they tried to include like that the world like sits on a turtle's back and that's the only thing that can kill it if they yeah. include that yeah. in movies it wouldn't really work and if del toro was trying to stick strictly to the source material i could see why the studio's like mm, maybe not yeah i'm gonna send you a link though go check out the the podcast for it uh because they do read the full script okay and in reading the script they do like they have someone reading the stage direction and shit too so you do kind of get an idea of exactly what he was going for. And it would have been a very cool movie with like through his lens, because he has a really cool way of doing like monsters and all that shit. Mm. Um, I would have really loved to see it. But um, anybody got anything else before we uh, we hit uh, spoiler town? Because I think we all have three different opinions of the movie uh, that we're going to talk about tonight. So this might get interesting. Well, I, I just wanted to like uh, when you said Lovecraft. Um, what is it? Uh, the one with Nicolas Cage, not Mandy. Colors out. Of, colors of the colors dark. Colors out of space. Oh colors out of space. Colors, colors out of space. Okay. I thoroughly enjoyed that HP. I loved it. Yes. Yeah, I did too. I utterly loved it. 
I didn't expect to, went into it blind, and I loved it. So smart, so well done. But okay. Uh, you, know, <laughs> you know what was really fun? Uh, also, before we go to, to our main movie here, which is going to be Halloween Ends, um, I did not know there was a new Aqua Teen Hunger Force movie. I watched it today, and uh, Carl goes full the thing in it. Oh, wow. Like, nice. Like, <laughs> Arms splitting apart, like eight turning into eight legs, head like rotate around, like and it's called the plantasm instead of phantasm. Nice. It's about plant yeah, people. It's a... very um it's very <laughs> uh horror oriented. It's not as funny as the old uh Aqua Teen movie, but it was fun. I had a lot of fun with it. And now for our feature presentation. Are you guys uh you guys ready to get to it? Uh we're gonna spoil the shit out of this movie. So if you haven't seen Halloween ends yet. Um, go watch it and come back because one of us hates it, one of us likes it, and one of us really loves it. <laughs> so <laughs> come back and find out who's who. <laughs> Just come back. As long as you come back. <laughs> you had to come in a back. <laughs> oh, God. You're going to get me more. Ooh. All right. So Halloween ends. David Gordon Green, 2022. Um, so we gonna we just gonna put up there who's who and who likes it, who hates it, who liked or who loves it. If you follow me on Facebook, I'm sure you've seen my opinion of it. I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan. Kelly hates it. Hmm. I like it. I love Herm it. Loves it. I think it's genius. <laughs> Pure genius. Hmm. <laughs> so it's my favorite in the Halloween universe. Wow. Well, like more yes. so than the original Halloween, though? It's not my least favorite in the Halloween universe, but. What would be your least favorite? Let's just start fucking there. Fucking Rob the Zombie's bar? Halloween 2. Nothing is worse. Than, nothing is worse than Sherry Moon haunting his dreams on this stupid ass fucking white horse. I'm sorry. That was just like, she was just written in there just for another excuse just to give her a role. I don't I know. think his and the Buster Rhymes one are like neck and neck for the worst. I have always said that I hated the Buster Rhymes one, Resurrection. Yes. Uh, and I still think it's the worst, but I recently rewatched it because when you despise something, you've got to remember why. Um, and the first kill in it is a great homage uh, to the film, The I think it was 1960 the film Peeping Tom. Mm -hmm. which yes. When that when that moment happened, I felt like that meme of Leonardo DiCaprio where I was just like, oh, well, that's cool. That is actually really great. But <laughs> the, the real question is, though, why would they do that for the audience they had? Right. What dimension film watching, you know, like that at the time when was when dimension was like kind of dumbing down everything yeah. and kind of like so you put like a beautiful shot that is parodying peeping tom which is a classic art film yeah and the halloween buster rhymes vehicle and tyra banks. <laughs> the rest of the movie tyra banks. garbage it's hot garbage but that like threw me off when i rewatched it recently i was like oh that's awesome <laughs> that's really cool it's still the worst in the series but I disagree. <laughs> I don't the thing I did at least I mean it, it's the worst up until Rob Zombies came out. I agree with that. But um 
it, it fit the story, man. It fit the story that they, the ridiculous story that they've built over the years. Like it didn't shy away from that. Michael always comes back to his house. Um, the, the thing that sucked about it is they were, it was like, at the time where reality shows and shit were becoming new. So they're trying to set up a reality show in the Myers house and Buster Rhymes and Tyra Banks is the host. That's what made it cheesy. But as far as a Halloween film, it fit the story. It, it, it fit, you know, 100%. And the whole story arc of a reality show was topical at the time. So, I mean, yeah, you know, that was legitimate. Um, it was legit for the times. The uh, Buster Rhyme kicking Michael's ass at the end pissed a lot of people off. Then it was really fucking stupid. It's still stupid now, but it's not. In my opinion, I think there's worse Halloween movies. Fair enough. Uh, I mean, until I saw Halloween ends, my favorite was Season of the Witch. So I love Season of the Witch too. Yeah. Season of the I Witch was my second favorite. We're all fans of Season of the Witch here. <laughs> yeah. I thought you were about uh, to pull off a seat. Oh, if you want me to, I, think. I thought you were going to explain well, I recently, the season of the I, witch. But she's no, I recently got the season of the oh, witch mask tattooed. Yeah. Nice. All right. Silver Shamrock. Uh, for those just <laughs> listening, uh, Germ has taken off his jacket, stood up, and pulled his shirt up to expose a brand new stomach tattoo of the three masks by Silver, Silver Shamrock for season of the witch. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, let's get into it, guys. Uh, <laughs> we all have very different opinions. Um, I don't know how to start this conversation because we all do. <laughs> I have a feeling that this could get really combustible or uh, that we could like, uh, make good points to each other. But I guess we'll see where it goes. Uh, Kelly, why don't we start with you with the most vitriol? What did you hate why, about the What did I hate about it? I don't like the direction actually any of the new ones in recent years have went, although I did like 2018 a lot. I think of the three that they've made, that was by far the best one. I don't like the direction that they took in or Rob Zombie took in humanizing Michael. The thing about Michael Myers is he's always been a super natural force driven by evil and like you said earlier germ you don't like movies that explain too much i feel like they've ruined michael myers by fucking trying to explain too much now in this new trilogy he's just an old man that's kind of a pussy and let kelly hold on not to interrupt you but aren't you the one that really likes um the thorn storyline i don't it wasn't the thorn <laughs> part that i like i liked i liked how I'm they brought tommy I liked uh, Paul Rudd as Tommy Doyle. I liked how they showed him as an older adult. You know, the the um, Thor story, that was the lamest part of that entire movie. Besides that, I enjoyed that movie. I dug the cult of Thor. Yeah, I didn't. It, and it I didn't hate the movie either, but like she's going on the over or not liking over explanation. And that's all that movie was. It's that like, we're going to explain this thing to the moon and back. Okay, okay, you make a good point there. but That's I don't the only like reason the I brought it up. I don't like the idea of humanizing Michael. And then that's what everybody's point when I said I hate that. They're like, what, do you want to just see an old man running around killing people? I'm like, no, I don't like the fact that you're telling me he's an old man and he's fucking, you know, getting too old and he's passing the torch that's what i don't like about it i like the supernatural uh mystery that was driven by pure evil trying to kill his family <laughs> that's why i don't like the new one all right should we go to me next since i like it <laughs> but don't love it um yeah. okay. are you done kelly you can go 
I was going to say, had this story been um, like not part of the whole Halloween franchise, I might have enjoyed it a little, you know? I just don't like what they did to Michael. I, I don't know. I think they turned him into an old bitch, and I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> Michael, you old bitch. <laughs> anyway. All right. Proceed. <laughs> um, I like this movie for what it is. Um, do I think it should have been Halloween ends the end of that like the the big final showdown of Jamie and Michael no because that's not really what this movie was about this movie was about something completely different and it was about grief and it was about paranoia and it was about what trauma does to people I get that. Um, and it felt like the Michael Myers of it or the aspect of it had to be shoehorned in the end because it was Halloween ends. Mm-hmm. Um, at the same token, there are things I did not like about it. Like, all right, first off, there are things I liked about it. One, I give them credit for ta- having the balls, the absolute balls to take this swing at this movie. You know, like, be like, we know people are going to fucking hate this thing. We don't care. This is what we're doing. And it also still is a nod to the original series. The first movie, the first movie was very much the first movie in Halloween. Second movie all took place in a hospital, like Halloween too. The third movie wasn't much to do about Michael Myers. The same with this, you know, Michael, I don't think came in about 45 minutes in. With that being said, I really respect them for what they tried to do. Um, I really loved a lot of what they did do. Uh, a lot of things that didn't land with me is a why she was all in on this guy with such little time. You know, like this movie takes place over three days, and she's like, "I love this man." You know, like yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the it felt a little forced and too fast. You know what I'm saying? B, we're supposed to believe this guy's overpowered and beating up Michael Myers, but. The entire time we're getting watching getting bullied by band camp kids, not like jocks or like muscle. Like they had the kids literally in their band camp outfits and they're throwing them off bridges and beating them up. But he has no problem killing the dick out of people and getting Michael Myers down. That that did bug me a little bit, but I do get storyline why wise how they got to that point, too. This one's a big mixed bag for me. When I first watched it, I was dumbfounded by the time the credits rolled. I was one of the first of my friends to all watch it. Um, I came home from work. It went live on Peacock at 7 o'clock. I got home at 7.30 and I watched it. No one else had seen it yet. And I was like in the the chat with these guys. And they're like, well, what'd you think? And I was like, I'm fucking dumbfounded. I don't even know what to say right now. Because I wasn't. There was no that pre-warning that everyone else got like they they went a complete different direction with this fucking thing, you know? Um, so I, I'm not sure if I was even ready for it. Um, and then I sat back just kind of like letting it all sink in. I think as part of this series, it is not satisfying end for what this series should have been. I think the series should have been the one movie. I don't think it needed Halloween kills. I don't I like agree. Halloween kills. I thought Halloween kills sucked. I'm same, sorry. Same. I wasn't. It I was wasn't a good movie. By that one as well. I liked this, but it could have been a one-off where it didn't have the the showdown with Laurie and Michael at the end. 
It could have been how his presence looms over the city and how it affects everybody and the grief affects everybody. And this is the, the um, output of trauma and like shared trauma and like how it fucks everybody up and like how it could tear families apart and all this shit. I think that would have been a much more interesting movie if you didn't have to shoehorn the ending of Michael Myers into the end, if that makes sense. Makes, yeah. yeah However, mean, I, oh, go on. I'm sorry. No, I was just going to say that I think everything you said makes a lot of sense. I mean, like, uh, a lot of people that are hating this, I, I want you to take a step back. And look at this movie if it wasn't a Michael Myers movie. Like, if the guy in the sewer was just a serial killer, a mass serial killer that terrorized this town, if it wasn't Michael Myers without the preconceived notion, and it represented this diseased town and the disease that caused it, and it's spreading to a new generation, what you would actually think of this movie. Because I think a lot of people would actually really have liked what they did with this movie. Yeah, The fact I, that it's I a Michael would. Myers Halloween movie, and this is the definitive end of michael myers and it is definitive they turn him into hot dog meat in the fucking end so how can it not be definitive i think that's that's where it it kind of fucks up in my eyes like it it should have been like how spiral was to the saw universe like it's in the universe of and it takes place in the sphere of mm-hmm. but it's not like the definitive end you know what i'm saying and that's that's just my opinion so germ the lover, you're up. Um, I would say that every, everything you said, I agree with for the most part. Um, and I I think that I love it so much because I've been working on my own personal mental health for the past few years, uh, you know, going to therapy, taking my meds, blah, blah, blah. That like, you know, whatever, and I, this is a habit of mine anyway, whenever a lot of people don't like something, I'll usually like it. Whenever somebody... Yeah. Uh, doesn't like you know vice versa yeah like something i'm not gonna like it um so i already went into the theater like oh my god okay this is gonna be something i'll enjoy yeah but when the movie started and it, there was no sign of michael it's a kid babysitter babysitter okay it's gonna yeah. be, it will be like halloween you know babysitter murder yeah the babysitter yeah yeah um and then it, it it took all these twists and turns and i was like oh shit oh this is awesome and then like the more i thought about it the more i was like michael myers isn't you see michael myers physically but yeah. he's, not in the, he's literally not, i shouldn't say literally he's metaphorically not you know in the movie at all it's yeah. all metaphysical i mean he's a representation and that's it. Like every interaction you see him with other characters isn't him and isn't them and Michael Myers. It's them dealing with uh like you were saying like, trauma and grief yeah. and yeah. guilt and and so on and so forth. Like I don't even believe that uh Corey was in the sewer. I think that was him falling mm. into a place in his mind. That's interesting. That's an interesting way to look at it. Maybe I'll give it a second visit and kind of look at it from that perspective because that is an interesting way to look at it. Uh, I I do think even at the end where the whole town is sort of like crowd surfing Michael into the meat grinder, Mm -hmm. like, well, to me, that was like a metaphor for group therapy. 
they're all coming together as a town and they're dealing with this this uh event that tore them apart you know this could have been about 9-11 you know all the new yorkers coming together and talking about this horrible experience they went through yeah that's how i saw them putting michael into the the grinder the metal grinder it wasn't literally him going into the metal grinder it was symbolically coming together yes it was all very for me at least it was all 100 symbolism it was all metaphors and like i that's why i didn't look at it on a literal term yeah i think i was looking at it definitely more literal and i i definitely see the symbolism there um and like chris said if this weren't a halloween movie or halloween ends or even if it was the same universe i'd probably still appreciate it more you know but like calling it halloween ends i don't know i yeah i see both of your points it did deliver on that though yeah and i also love the soundtrack uh, I don't think it was very believable, but like at the party in the small town bar, they're playing Dead Kennedy's song Halloween. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. then the small town radio host is playing a cramp song. Yeah, the like, soundtrack was great. Soundtrack is great. And I really appreciated the score too. Um, and then I thought that the um, a lot of the cinematography reminded me of like um, 80s-ish David Lynch. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, God, what is the movie I'm thinking of with, with Nicolas Cage? Wild um, at Heart? Yes. It kind of reminded me of Wild at Heart, you know, with these mm-hmm. two lovers that have a lot of problems and the motorcycle and all that. So when I'm seeing David Lynch and I'm hearing punk rock and I'm, you know, yeah. all these these images and sounds that I enjoy and like thought-provoking um ideas uh yeah that's what made me love the film so much i get that i get that um uh, halloween has always been my favorite franchise of like chris knows this ever since i was little um personally i would have rather have seen a rivalry movie between loomis and michael than laurie and michael they've had much of a deeper past together and even though with Donald Pleasance being dead, I think they still could have pulled it off. And maybe somebody will someday. Who knows? But still, like, pulled it off as, like, maybe a relative of Loomis, as a, you know, like they did in uh, The Satanic Rites of Dracula with, um, you know. Um, Christopher Lee. Yeah. Um, Van Helsing's son, you know, or Van Helsing's relative coming back to still fight Dracula. They could have did something like that. I don't know. And I'd like to see something like that. But I think... The Loomis rivalry, as far as the entire franchise goes, goes way deeper deeper than the Laurie and Michael rivalry. And I'd like, I, I don't know. I think if you were going to pick up the franchise, maybe I should get into filmmaking. <laughs> but if you're going to pick up the franchise, um, that would be a cool route I'd like to see. There's One of the other I things, about. I don't know if you this, uh did you guys notice the similarities to Christine? Yes, yes. Yeah. The- there were a lot. There was a lot of Christine homage going like, on. It, besides David Lynch, I picked up on a lot of like 80s Stephen King films. You know, that aesthetic of a kid getting bullied and, you know, fighting back and like sort of going off the... off the Well, the stepdad gives him a bike, but instead of the car and like even the, the chain link fence kill from Christine's yes. in this. Yeah. Um, oh, shit. I didn't even notice. Yeah, I think there's... It, I- there's 
But but that's also a connection because not only is it Stephen King, but John Carpenter directed that. Yeah. And I also did like the nod that in the beginning, in the original Halloween, the kids were watching the original The Thing. And in this one, they're watching John Carpenter's The Thing, right. which also is weird to think about. That means that John Carpenter exists in this world, which means also Halloween exists in this world. That's pretty but- funny. That's kind of like in Halloween three season of the witch in the gas station, the the gas station attendant is watching the original Halloween on TV. So yeah. Also meta. Also, I think this, this is a bit of a situation where it's like when the original Halloween three came out, it's not what anyone wanted. And then after a while, the shock of it subsided and people started being able to watch it for what it was, because if you knock all the bullshit off, if you take the title off it, it's a John Carpenter movie when he's in his prime. Mm-hmm. It just so happens to be called John or uh, Halloween three, not silver shamrock or what, what the fuck ever, you know, yeah. like the mass murders or dumb season shit. of the witch season. Of the w- I mean, well, Romero yeah. already did that, but um, yeah, oh yeah, yeah. That's a good one too. Um, but what I'm saying is I think that this is such a culture shock, especially, um, Halloween is it falls into those one of those big budget movies that draws larger crowds than just horror fans. Mm-hmm. And I think this one also is like a bit of an artsy slap to the face of those people. Like I well, that. <laughs> I, love, I, I love a slap to the face sometimes. One of the, my favorite things, honestly, has been watching people's vitriol towards this film. Yeah. Like people freak out, and it, it makes me laugh because it's like yes. it's still just a movie, and there are worse Halloween movies. Right? There's, you and know, uh, it's not like there's not going to be more Halloween movies. No, you know, like they're gonna is. keep going, they're gonna make more. So, like, yeah, whatever makes money, they're gonna keep slice up. it out. Is it what it is, and watch it for what it is. Yeah. And there is a rich subtext to it. Some of it fails in tone with me. The kills are great. The kills are great. Like the kills are great. If and you it can, was well done. If you can disassociate yourself that sometimes the guy behind the Michael Myers mask isn't Michael Myers, but you're still seeing the Michael Myers shape kill people, like the radio DJ. The radio DJ was probably one of the the most rugged kills in the whole new tr- trilogy. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, so it's. I'll, I'll defend it. Um, it's pry it's it probably goes for me halloween halloween three halloween four two and then this that's legit um that's a hard one to order um i'd probably go one three probably is same i like four and five and those go back to back so five gets rough for me Five, six is the one word, and then maybe six, then maybe two. I don't know. It's a hard. It's a hard one to order. I didn't. For. I didn't like just... anything that Rob Zombie did with this series. So those no, are, I really didn't. Be bottom barrel to me. Yeah, those are those are about them. I'm a big fan of Rob, Rob Zombie's films, uh, so I can't say the same thing. Um, the one thing I did. Did you like, like Halloween too? I have to rewatch it. I really do because okay. I've only watched it once, and I did not like it. I have to read it's awful. Um, but uh, the one thing I did like about Halloween Kills was the light tube spot. Uh, yeah. that, 
yeah. as a, yeah. a deathmatch wrestling fan, that yeah. made me pop. I was just like, oh. It did make us pop too, actually. We were both like, you, yeah, know what, you know what's funny is um, if it tells you how deathmatch we are, um, uh, we were watching Smile, and at one point, uh, a girl goes to a uh, <laughs> yeah. glass table and smile, and she's all fucked up. And I lean over to Kelly, I was like, I know what temper glass does to people, and it ain't that. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we were uh, around Halloween. I had some friends over and we watched. Uh, we watched, uh, you know, movies that horror movies that takes place on Halloween, and we watched this uh, horror comedy called Gravy. And oh, a lot of I, I love Gravy. Yeah, Fucking love that movie. It's so overlooked. A lot of fight scenes in that movie are very deathmatch, very wrestling, very pro wrestling. And rewatching it with that that mindset was like, holy shit, this is awesome! Like even better. You know, the cast is great. The story is great. The soundtrack's great, but now it's got that wrestling element to it. I'm like, oh, I like it even more now. You know, for me, that's gonna be one of the movies I watch every year, like Murder Party. I've got to watch Murder Party. Murder, Party's Murder Party, a couple episodes ago. I fucking yeah. love Murder Party. Um, all right, before yeah. we wrap this up, because we are starting to go really long. <laughs> really long. <laughs> what do we think of Corey? He, he's a Ellie, you're first. I'm not a fan, man. I don't, not I don't a fan like, of Corey. Not a fan of Corey. Sure. Mm-hmm. Oh, I can't be, you know. Uh, but at the same time, I feel bad for him. You know, he is a victim. Of I do feel stats. bad for. He's a he's a victim of a bad decision made by the kid, and then the town hates him. And so, like, I don't like him, but I don't hate him either i feel bad for him and that's why i can understand why i can't remember the female character's name falls for him because she wants somebody to take care of and he's damaged she's damaged and that's why they can get along so i don't i don't like him but i don't really dislike him either i see the connection they made with that i just think that the the love she had already was too much for three days Yeah. yeah But, like she was ready to like fucking go to the ends of the earth with this guy. And at one point he literally walks up to her and is like, I killed somebody. And she's like, cool. Let's go ride your motorcycle. Right. <laughs> like, but like um, I was preparing it before, Wild at Heart or Natural Born Killers even. It's got that, oh, I don't care. I like you. Whatever you do, it's fine. I'm going to I'm gonna still stick by your side. Um, I didn't really care much for the core character. I thought the scarecrow mask was okay. Um, the kills were cool. Um, the story they were trying to tell, I got it, but I also think that they were flawed in how they told it. I think that they needed to, like, I don't feel bad for a guy that's getting bullied by nerds. You know, like, like they needed it needed to be. A threat that one guy who is much older than teenagers wouldn't be able to take on, which is three band camp guys. I would have. But then he goes in there and beats up Michael. But if you look at it the way uh, Germ mentioned, like maybe that didn't even actually happen. Maybe that was just. And I didn't look at it that way. I don't know. I've only watched it the one time. And I think the initial shock of what the fuck is happening. Like, Kelly, I I will say, might need to go back. It will benefit you to watch it a second time. You you will watch it different, knowing what's going on, and you will see a lot of different shit. 
And I'll take a lot of you guys' points into consideration. More germs, and like I already agree with what you said on most of it, but uh, yeah. Also, getting bullied by Bandcamp kids uh, or nerds. It's like if it's taking place in present times, everybody's a nerd. Like it's being, it's cool to be a nerd. It's cool to have a mullet, you know. Um, but also, when you've suffered so much trauma, like the uh, Corey character has. Mm -hmm you're not going to stand up for yourself initially. It takes a breaking point before mm -hmm. you're going to speak up for yourself. You will take all the punishment you can because you believe that you're supposed to, because you've been put down so much. So that, yeah, that's why he took all that punishment from nerds is because he felt like he deserved it. So I mean, that's just an explanation. No, it's uh, and that yeah, makes yeah. a lot of sense. It does. It does. Actually, y'all made some good points. You know. Okay. Can, yeah. Next question. Favorite kill. Oh geez, um, what is a? He's at the the house of the doctor. I liked when he killed the the, the girl. Yes, the girl, the secretary. Okay. That was a good. She one. had it common. Yes, and it's very um, reminiscent of. I'm trying to remember. I think I. I'm sorry, probably the DJ, like you said, Chris. That was probably the best kill that I can remember so far. But yeah. I'm going to get a lot of... Go ahead. I watched it the night it came out, so I'm definitely going to have to rewatch it, because even as Jerem said, even if you hate something, you got to rewatch it and see why you hate it. Yes. You know? <laughs> remember why you hated it. Oh, oh, like so. When Terrifier 2 comes to a streaming platform that I have, I might rewatch it, because I just... I think it's just too long and it's got too much going on, but maybe I'll enjoy it watching it at home. I don't know. Yeah. Mine, and I'll get a lot of heat for this though, is the way they did the, the first kill, the, the kid he was babysitting. Because the way that they presented it, um, I didn't see it coming and it did make me go, oh shit. <laughs> you know, like the parents come through the door, you hear yeah. the babysitter like, I'm gonna fucking kill you. And then you see Hoyam! and like after the impact, he sits up for a second and then just drops back down. I was just like, Yeah. That one <laughs> shocked the shit out of me. So that was my favorite kill. All right. So least ball. favorite thing of the movie. Um, the fact that they humanized Michael and put him in a wood chipper and made him into a bitch ass old man. <laughs> Ripper? Um, I really can't think of anything that I didn't like about it. Um, I'm sorry. <laughs> I love. I loved it. I, uh, my two things uh, were a uh, the girl falling in love with him too fast. It just seemed too quick for her to be so all in on somebody because they don't really know each other. You know, like it's hard for me to believe that having relationships in my life. B. The first two movies that showed Lori as this paranoid, gun-toting, yes. I'm ready for fucking business. Yeah. And, and that was why Michael was behind bars. Now, this one, Michael has killed people. He's got away. They have no idea what happened to him. And she's like, I got to live my life. I'm going to be fine. Yeah. So what, it, yeah. it felt like she should have been that in the beginning when Michael comes back and then been the gun-toting um nervous person in this one you know what i'm saying because he is back and we don't know where the fuck he's at you know mm -hmm. and people are dead so those are the two things that bothered me star rating guys 
5, 10, 18, 20, all of them. All, the all of them. Yes. Kelly. Hey, I'd give it like a one and a half, <laughs> two. I don't know. I, I can't say that because it's for a movie. Like, if I'm going to judge, like, the don't movie. Don't let our opinions bully you, Kelly. This well, is I don't want to, like, judgment. judge it. Like, as a movie, I'd probably give it, like, a three. As a Halloween movie, I give it a one, man. You know? I give it three and a half. Okay. All right. I think uh, that wraps up Halloween Ends. Uh, this is uh, the first, uh, you know, this is a continued podcast, but this is the very first episode of Real Vile. So we uh, hope you guys we'll enjoyed it. To- Thank you for uh, joining us, Germ. Um, I would like to plug uh, that RPW is coming back November 26th uh, to maybe Michigan with Death Right. Uh, tickets are on sale now. Just go look up all our socials. Anyone else have anything they want to plug or talk about? No. I'm working currently working on my 12th short story for St. Rooster Books out of Portland. Uh, they've published all my short stories, which are, you know, very punk rock, queer, um, sometimes body horror, sometimes Lovecraftian, sometimes slasher, sometimes torture. Um, I went out of reach number 13. Special thing will happen. Uh, a collection of all my short stories uh, will be coming out sometime in 2023. So I'm excited about that. Is there uh, anywhere that we can read your short, short stories now? Like I, I don't know if there are any available for digital, but yeah, they're all... Uh, available in print from St. Rooster Books. Um, uh, make sure you send us a link. It will we'll link it in the description for okay, everybody. Yeah. To buy. I mean, most of them come out quarterly in their literary magazine, uh, Stranger with Friction. So, uh, yeah, definitely I'll give you a link. Oh, for- yeah. Other than that, I contribute mostly to the uh, genre film website, Neon Splatter, for a monthly uh, horror themed fashion column called Buy or Die. Nice. All right. Uh, Kelly, you got anything? Not really. The usual work shit. All right. We <laughs> will be back next week with another episode two of Real Vile. Hopefully, you guys enjoyed the uh, reformat. And uh, we'll see you guys next week. Woo. Bye. 911. <laughs> 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 <laughs>